0: John chapter 11, we're gonna do something a little different here tonight. We're gonna go to verse 14 and 15, but I'm gonna kind of steal, I'm gonna jump into the middle of verse 14, and then I'm gonna slide into the middle or the beginning of verse 15, but we're just gonna act like it's a normal thing, and you'll get it here in a little bit. The Bible simply says this Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. That's in your Bible. Lazarus is dead and I am glad. That's what I'm going to preach to you here tonight. Lazarus is dead and I am glad. Turn to your neighbor and say, Lazarus is dead and the Lord is happy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you put your Bibles down behind you, we're going to pray again right here. We're going to pray that this fervency, this fire that has entered this building right now would not leave us. And if you'll preach with me and with the help and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God is going to minister to you and to me. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, in the name of Jesus, you've already proven yourself time and time again. Whether it was 2,000 years ago or whether it's right here and right now, you've showed up once again. And so I ask, oh God, that you would continue doing what you started. God, that we would be in line with your word and with your will. And everything that comes across would be anointed, I pray, in the name of Jesus. That you would completely remove me and you would speak directly to your people, I pray. Lord, I bind up every sense of fear. I bind up everything right now that would want to stand in the way of you speaking directly to us. In the name of Jesus right now. Now, would you put your hands together as a praise offer? unto God come on if you believe that would you put your hands together now thank you and you may be seated thank you to all of our guests who are here this evening thank you so much if you're a first time or this is just the first couple times you've been here we welcome you here to new life we hope that you make this your home you can put your hands together for all of our guests here thank you for being here Amen. Amen. I don't know if you understand women or not. Men, that's a bad way to start already. I started off real bad. I started off real bad. Women are very interesting creatures. Now, I've only been married for three years. I'm rather young, and so, of course, I haven't had as much time as a lot of other men in the building, but... I'm slowly but surely starting to, I think, figure something out. I know that statement's not true, but I just say it because it makes me feel better. One man went to his pastor and said that his wife is always changing her mind. She is always changing her mind about what she likes or doesn't like, or what she wants or doesn't want. The man said that it's just impossible to keep up. Just this one man said that. But it has been discovered by scientists and doctors alike that have studied the human brain, that men change their minds just as much as women. I thought I'd get an amen there. But it has been discovered, yes. The fact of the matter is, women have right brain caring, and men have left brain logic. And there in the middle, we meet. (laughs) Communication is the key that has got to keep our homes together. What blood is to the body, communication is to the home, and is to the church. Somebody say amen. I read about a woman who went to a lawyer wanting to get a divorce. And the lawyer said, well, do you have any grounds? And the woman said, yeah, about two acres. He said, no, no, have you got a grudge? She said, no, we just have a carport. I'll let that sink in, maybe tomorrow you'll get it. He said, lady, what I'm trying to say is, does your husband beat you up? She said, no, I let him sleep in every morning. He said lady What's the problem To which she said we don't communicate There's no communication One day he's doing one thing Or she's doing one thing The next day it's the the exact opposite Have you noticed Who asked Jesus To come to Bethany It was women Women sent the word He whom thou loves is sick Now isn't it Amazing, I'm going to get in trouble how women can talk because I'm a very talkative guy. How many have ever taken your wife shopping? Anybody out there? We're going to get somewhere. We're going to get somewhere. Just a a couple of you. Just a couple. Well, maybe that's the issue right there. Just hang with me. Sweet Jesus, I'm not going to preach about women. Just don't worry. (laughs) But women know how to just say the right thing. They know how to say something just the right way. Or they know how to get the words just right. When, when you take them shopping, they don't ever say, I want a dress. They say, I have nothing to wear. I'm learning. They don't ever say, I want that dress. They say, I need that dress. In fact, it, it happens right here, right where we are. I'm going to pick on little Miss Anna Claire here tonight. She's my niece and... She's my favorite niece because she has a love for candy just like her uncle. And I can venture to say that Anna loves Graylin, my son, but I would have to say that Gray, or Anna is probably Graylin's favorite. He likes Anna. Nobody trumps Anna. And so she often comes over and helps us with him. And I'm thankful for that because she really does help us. But it's hilarious to me whenever I'm sitting at home and... Cracker Barrel, which is of God. you They have the gift shop just outside. And you go out there and they have four foot long pixie sticks. What? Four feet of, of pixie sticks. And I can look at my wife and say, Anna would love this. Let's get two. One for her, one for me. And Anna will often approach me and say, I'm eating candy. And she'll say... I, I really need some candy. She's subtle about it, but she knows what she's doing. I have some, I really need, you you know anybody that has candy? I need some candy. (laughs) Now, I want to tell you something here tonight. There are a lot of us that have a lot of things that we need. In fact, if we could just make our wish list out here today, I'm sure many of us could fill a few pages of things that we need, amen? Amen. And some of us have come to this church today with needs. But when the Lord got the word from Bethany, he didn't come. The Bible says that he delayed his coming. Now there is a question here that can be asked. And so before we go any further, I just want to answer the question. What do you do when the Lord doesn't come when you think he ought to come? Where do you go when there seems to be absolutely no direction? When you've asked time and time again, Lord, now you've got to answer this. Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I go to? What do you do? I can tell you what you do. You get up in the morning. You bless the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. His name shall be praised. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, in the good and the bad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. My heart is fixed on God. You have an answer. You have a question in your life you need an answer to. It's been a long time. I'm here tonight to tell you. There's a little story in the book of Deuteronomy that I think you should get a grasp of. It is about a bird's nest that a man finds on the ground. And when he finds that bird's nest on the ground, evidently some kind of tragedy or trauma has put the bird's nest in that precarious position. But the Bible says that if you find a nest on the ground, and there is a dam or a female bird that is sitting on the eggs in that nest, you do what you want with the eggs. Take them, use them, whatever you feel. But when you capture the dam, you have got to let her go. You do not hold on to her. Let me tell you something here tonight and I hope that you can get it. Dedication to the purpose that God has called you for is God's delight. God will always honor dedication. He will always honor commitment if you get committed to this thing then God will always have a provision for you I don't care what you fall out of I don't care what you fall into it does not matter the darkness around you the devil cannot put his hands on you or do anything to you because God has made a provision for dedication let me preach to somebody right here I feel the Holy Ghost right now it doesn't matter what you're falling out of I'm speaking to somebody right here right now I feel the Holy Ghost and you've fallen so far you don't think you can get back to where you were. But let me tell you something. If you'll remain dedicated to this thing, if you'll wake up in the morning and say, I will bless the Lord today. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but God, I'm going to remain dedicated. The Lord has always made a provision for dedication. Let me tell you somebody under the sound of my voice. If you just keep coming, if you keep believing, if you wake up every morning and just bless his name, you're going to create a place for the Lord to inhabit. Hear me, somebody. I'm talking right to you. The Lord will honor dedication. It is the commitment to his word and to his will. Put your hands together. Come on. (laughs) Stay with me now. We're almost there. So Jesus remains two days and then he picks up and says, it's time to go. Now, nobody has sent him another message and said, it's too late now. Lazarus is dead. You don't have to come. God knows where you are. Are you with me now? Did you catch that? So Jesus gets there. Let's get to the story. He, he gets there and, and fussing Martha meets him outside of the city. Martha walks up to Jesus and she says, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. It is amazing how it has now become a personal situation. When she first sent for Jesus, she said, Whom thou lovest is sick, and now it's my brother. But Jesus says to her, Martha, thy brother shall rise again. And then Martha comes back, you can read it in your Bible, and she says, I know he will rise again in that day. No, Martha, you've missed it. And the reason I stand before you here tonight is to deliver this message. Are you with me now? Jesus says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Here it is. Everyone, please stay with me for just a minute. Jesus said, Martha, here is why I have tarried my coming until now. I am glad that he is dead because you would never see me to the extent that I want you to see me if I had just remained a healer in your world. But because I delayed, here it is, and let your brother and my cousin die, I have to come to show you that there is another dimension. There is another realm, there is another reach that you're going to have before I leave here. I hope that you can get a grasp of this right now. I said it in the beginning, I'm gonna say it again. It doesn't matter how long you've been attending church. If this is your first time, God bless you, I'm glad you're here. If you're a lifelong churcher, you're a lifelong member, thank God, I'm glad you're here. But this message is for everybody. I've got a word for you here tonight. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the issue is. God is not just a healer, he's a resurrector. I've come to preach to you here tonight. What you're going through is just a season. I've come to preach to you that what you're going through is just a season. Maybe the reason God has tarried is because he's saying, if I would have come when you originally wanted me to come, I would have just remained a healer in your world. But because I waited, because I allowed you to go through the process, you're going to see me in a different realm than you've never seen me before. I've got a word for somebody here tonight. You're going to be able to see the Lord in a different dimension. He wants to give you a new spirit spiritual zip code. He wants to take you to a new realm. He wants to take you to a new zone. He wants to take you to a new area. But what you're going through is just a season. Come on somebody you've got to help me here. If you'll open yourself up if you'll make yourself vulnerable and say God I don't know how you're going to do it. It's been long gone. But God can take a dead situation. He can take a down and out situation. And he can make it live. He can make it live. He can make it live I sat at the North Campus. I sat at the North Campus and I studied and I prayed. And as I studied and I prayed, I'm not being arrogant. But the Lord started to remind me of things that he promised me a long time ago. Some of you are older than me. I've come to preach to you here tonight. What God has promised you, he has not forgotten. I've come to preach to somebody here tonight. Even though your situation has been dead, it's been locked behind a stone cave. It's been locked away for a long time. I've come to preach to you that the Lord... is the Resurrector. He's not just a healer. He's not just a healer, but He's a Resurrector. He's going to remind you of some things here tonight. You've long since forgotten it, but God is the Resurrector. There is too many of us that live in history books, hear me now. There is too many of us that read and window shop and yesterday. God was the creator then. He is the creator now. We speak about it and we sing about it. But it's time to put a little bit of action to our faith. We have got to have faith for today. We must have faith for this very moment in time. We know what God has done in the past. His word is full of the miraculous things he has done. You can read about it yourself. We know that the word of God is written and orchestrated by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it states that there will come a day where the dead in Christ shall rise again on that great and fateful day. We know the past and we know part of the future but do we have faith for right now? I'm preaching a word to somebody. If it's not to you, it's definitely to me. I'm thankful for what he did back then. I'm thankful for the foundation that has been laid but I've come to preach to somebody right here and right now. Do you have faith for your situation in this present moment? Do you believe God can do the miraculous right now? Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not whenever he gets good and ready. But do you believe that he can do it right now? I believe that God can do anything right now. He can transform the calloused heart right this very moment. I believe that God can touch people who aren't even here. Maybe it's just me, and if it's just me, forgive me, but I feel right now in the Holy Ghost. If you know somebody that is not here, would you lift your hands and call out their name? Lord, wherever they are, whatever room, whatever wherever place they are in, if they're driving in their car, I pray that you would fill that car. Lord, you can change the callous heart. Why? Because you're not just the healer. You're the resurrector. You can resurrect something. Those who were once walking in truth and who have now faded away and they've backslidden for just a short time, you can prick their heart, God. Why? Because you're not gonna heal them. You're going to resurrect a passion and a fire and a truth inside of them. I'm preaching to somebody right here and right now. You're wondering, wondering where God is. You're wondering where God is in your situation. But if you'll just listen to me for just a minute right here. I've come with the word and the word says that he is the resurrector and he didn't come for Lazarus but he came for Mary and he came for Martha and he came for all those who are standing around. He said I've tarried for your sake. For you I will I could always raise Lazarus from the dead I could have healed him when you first called upon me but when you first called upon me and if I would have come what you've been praying for for a long time you're wondering where God's at you've got children you're wondering why they're not sitting next to you here tonight You've got family members and loved ones. You're wondering where they are. Lord, I've prayed over and over and over again. Restore in them, God, what was once there. Or, Lord, I'm asking that you would prick their heart for the first time. I've got a word for somebody here tonight. The Lord is a resurrector. He's not just a healer, He's a resurrector. Come on, somebody say it more. He's more. Come on, say it somebody, he's more. Uh, Beyond what I can imagine or even think, he's beyond my comprehension, he's more. They told me they'd never come back to church, but God, you're more. They killed off whatever blessing that you had given them, but God, you're the resurrector. Oh, I feel that so strong in my spirit. I feel it right here and right now. The Lord is going to resurrect something inside of you and inside of me. And it's going to come to pass in fruition. And we're going to be standing along saying, I don't know where it came from. But let me just tell you here tonight, he's the Resurrector. He's the Resurrector. He's the Resurrector. He's the Resurrector. He's not just a healer. He's not just a healer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. All you've ever known me, Martha, all you've ever known me as, Martha, is a healer, but I'm the resurrection and the life. God wants you to know He's more. He's the God of more. You think you've got a dilemma that can't be handled, but He's more. You think you're facing something right now, but I want you to know He's more. It seems like the issue can't be defeated, the wall can't be climbed, but I want you to know He's more. He is the only one true living God. I don't know about you, but I just feel the necessity to declare that. You're the one true living God. My mind mind can't work it out by itself, but Lord, you're the one true living God. I can't see the end from the beginning like you can, but I just want you to know that I believe in you. Lord, I really don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you are going to do it. And whenever it happens, I want you to know that you're going to receive the glory. Come on, somebody. We are just a fraction away. We are a fraction away of your mind being completely blown. Because he's going to prove to you that the reason that he's waited is for your benefit. You're going to see God in such a new light. He is going to completely transform the way you think, the way you see situations, the way you see and perceive people. He has the ability. I'm preaching to somebody. Oh, I feel it right now. I'm preaching to somebody. You're praying that it's going to be healed. But really, the action, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that it's dead. But I want you to know that He is the Resurrector. I want you to know, well, this is long gone. I've done buried it away. We've done sealed it up. That's done in gone that's dead and gone but I'm preaching to you right now he is the resurrector he is the resurrector he is the resurrector if you leave here and don't remember anything I want you to know that he is the resurrector he is the resurrector would you put your hands together right here come on put your hands together right here I stated it before but Jesus comes to church He's here right now. I believe that. you find it in the Gospels. I love the, how Luke tears, tells the narrative. Jesus walks into the synagogue and there is a man with a withered hand. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this preached, how many times I've heard it exhorted, but it seems like every time I open up my Bible and I read it, the Lord brings something brand new to my mind and to my heart. Now Luke tells us which hand it was, it was his right hand, his power hand. Historians say that he was probably a mason. His work was doing something with, with with brick and mortar, with stone. The King of Glory speaks stretch forth thine hand. It's 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 almost a demand. He almost demands the man, but if you'll read the verse just before that, Jesus does something very specific. He doesn't meet the man in the corner. He calls him to the middle of the room. He said, I tell you what, I have the ability to do exactly what you want me to do, but I've got to do it right here in front of me. Now the Lord knows where you are, but there's something about putting your pride aside for just a little bit and saying, I don't care who sees me. I don't care what's going on around me. I've got an issue and I'm not going to keep it hidden any longer. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me now. He says, stretch forth thine hand. Now, not only did he call him to the middle of the room, he did not declare which hand it was. The man could have easily have stretched forth his good hand because, in fact, he wasn't allowed in the synagogue if he had an ailment or that issue. He wasn't even allowed in the inner court. If he, was, if he was going in, you couldn't have any physical altercations or any, any type of, of physical ailments to your, to your person. And so the fact of the matter that he's even where he is, he's already breaking the rules. So God asked him to do something knowing that if God doesn't heal me, or even if he does, I may not ever be allowed back in here again. So he not just calls him to the middle of the room, but he tells him, Okay, I'm standing before you, you make the decision. What's your need? You've showed up to New Life Fellowship here tonight. You've got two choices. You can stretch forth the good hand and show them your merits. I can sing good. My tie looks nice. Took me two hours to do my hair. I got these shoes for $11. You can stretch forth your good hand or if you allow Him to bring you to the middle of the room and stretch forth your true need, He's going to do something for you that's beyond your own comprehension. Now, that's tough for us. Our Western mindset, our culture is we accept everything, but we don't want anybody to know that we have faults and failures. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I can't even hardly utter the word. I, it, really does, it really does bother me. Selfie. I call it taking a lonely. Do you know how alone you've got to be? don't have nobody to take a picture of you. (laughs) But you'll stand in your bathroom mirror and look like your hip's out of joint. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. We live in the selfie generation. In fact, I read an article the other day that says the average American under the age of 40 has 840 photos of just themselves on their phone. Some of you are thinking right now, well, I don't have that many. I know. I've got 500. I'm I'm 340 off the mark. I'm good, I'm good. That's more than a photo every day. That's crazy math right there. But we live in this generation where we're to be acceptable of who everybody is and what we want to do. Just accept me for who I am. But yet we have an issue when we come into church and want our brothers and sisters to accept us for who we truly are. Now we're all blood bought. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of us have needs. In fact, all of us have needs. I have needs. And so it would be silly for us to show up to this house that God shows up to every single week and for us not to stretch forth the real issue. And I love the last part of it, However, He says, stretch forth thy hand. And in the process of him stretching forth his hand, the Bible says that his hand was made whole as the other. Now, I've done a lot of study on this. Whole in Hebrew is shalem. S-H-A-W-L-E-M. Shalem means without flaw, perfection. Absolutely no issue or problem. There's a difference, everybody, between being healed and being made whole. There's a difference between the lepers, the nine lepers that went away and the one that came back from being healed and being made whole. The Lord can heal you and there can still be repercussions or you can still see the issue that once ailed them when you're healed. But when you're made whole, God can actually transform you so that it does not look like you ever had one issue one problem one mess up now let me tell you here the Bible says that we were born into sin but I'm preaching to a congregation here tonight God is not just a healer but he's a resurrector God does does not does not just have the ability to heal you but he has the ability and he wants to make you whole oftentimes he says thy faith has made ye whole thy faith has made thee whole it was before anything ever happened in fact Oftentimes, it wasn't so that they were healed, it was just they were obeying what God had asked them to do. Can I tell you, your healing and you being made whole can come not from you chasing after your healing, but just chasing after the Lord? Uh huh. Now, I'm going somewhere, I promise. And so, The man stretches forth his hand and we know that it's made whole just as the other. And the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, they race out and they're trying to find something that they can plot against Jesus. It doesn't matter how good God is to you, there's always somebody trying to stink it up. (laughs) And as I was praying this week, I felt it in my spirit, and the Lord just reminded me of it. Some of you show up here on a weekly basis, and you're faithful, and I'm thankful for that. But your family and your so-called friends fight you every single week. Because they're, they're wanting to know why you act like you're changed, but you're not really changed. And let me just stand before you and tell you, you are changed. In fact, the Lord didn't just change you, He made you brand new. We serve a God who can make you whole. We serve a God who can make you whole. He's not just a healer. He's a resurrector. He's not just a healer. He's a resurrector. I've got a friend of mine. I've been working for, with a gentleman. I, I say he's my disciple. He's 25 years older than me. And I, through the jobs that I've had, he's uh, become a really good buddy of mine. We're buddies. We really are. And um, I grew up, of course, in with my in my parents' household, and my dad was always an avid hunter and collected firearms and everything dangerous. And so I grew up around that, and naturally, I, I had kind of strayed away from that, wasn't interested in it when I got to be 18, 20, and never really had anything to do with it. But I knew all about that sort of thing, and so it allowed me the opportunity to have something in common with this man and we slowly but surely built a relationship and since um, he 's an avid hunter, he loves the turkey hunt and, and deer hunt, and i, I don 't know how you feel about that i, I didn 't really care one way or the other, but he was on me, on me, on me to go to go hunting with him, and so finally I, I broke down. in fact, for my birthday a few years ago, he bought me a, a, a bow, and he 's an avid bow hunter and so since he bought that for me and he has a bunch of property in Jasonville, he said, come down and, and go hunting with me. I said, okay. So I went, I went with him. I didn't really know what I was doing. In fact, I know I made Sierra frustrated because I went out and bought a bunch of camo. And she says, camo doesn't go with anything. And I said, actually, camo goes with everything. You're blending in to your surroundings. <laughs> that was, did not get me anywhere. I was able to utilize that to hide from her. <laughs> 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 to which she always says, you've got to come home. You're coming back. So I went down and I I slowly but surely built this relationship and his wife is a sweet lady and she struggled with breast cancer for a long time. And But man, the, the lady can cook and she would always make these cinnamon rolls and of course you know me. I'm all about that. <laughs> and so we would always have a good time and I'd go down we'd spend time together and his wife's name is Rose and she would say, Grant, let me me cook you something. And of course, I'm not going to say, I don't want to be rude. (laughs) You know, yeah. So she would cook something and we would sit around the table and eat. And of course, I would ask them questions about their life and their family history and him and all of his brothers live in that general area. They inherited a bunch of property when their father passed away. And of course, asking questions and naturally they would ask me questions and they begin to ask me questions about my life and what I was doing and where I was going, what I was interested in. And it's, it's a good thing, but I can't talk about my life without bringing up church because we're so involved with church and I love it. I love every second of it. And so he'd want me to come over on a Sunday and I, Sundays are just out for me. I've got church on Sunday. He's like, well, come after church. I said, it doesn't really work that way. I, I, I church all day on Sunday. He said, "Okay." So Wednesday nights were out, and then slowly but surely he learned. And he was a—he uh, loved to curse. He was loved to loved to have a foul mouth. It was just how he was, and always made me feel uncomfortable. And I fought that for a long time. I don't know if I can be around him, and you know. And, and finally, he he caught on that it made me feel uncomfortable, and so slowly but surely he stopped cursing. Or if something would slip out, he would. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. So don't apologize to me. Apologize to Jesus. But slowly but surely we built this relationship and now eight years later He's somebody that I can call at any time day or night and he'll answer his phone and do whatever I want him to do In fact, i'm a great driver. I was driving I hit a curb and blew both of my tires on my passenger side And I was thinking of who I could call and who would be able to get there and sure enough I picked up my phone and called scott and it took him an hour to get there because he lives an hour south but he showed up and got me to, towed me and and pulled me over to Tire Barn and we got it all situated and set down, but pastor's been preaching and it, it convicted me. And I, I said, okay, now I've, I've, I've friended this man. I've befriended him. Now something's got to come of this. Something has to come of it. And it comes down to me just forcing myself to do it. And so we were, we were sitting at Tire Barn and they had just come to me and, and I was fighting that urge of, okay, you know, you just need to start talking to them about the Lord. How do you go about that? You grew up in this. What are you doing? How do you go about just, Oh okay, yeah, you want to hear something about Jesus? How do you, how do, you do it? How, how does it come naturally? And he started talking about his wife and how she was in remission and now she's having issues again. And so all of a sudden the door swings wide open and he says, you know, I just feel like maybe God put you in my life because of this moment. No more. Okay, I'm done. this is it right here. And as I begin to open up my mouth, this isn't me being arrogant, but I begin to speak to him and of course tears start running down his face. And he says, look, I went to church a long time ago. It's nothing like you believe, but I I, I am familiar with the Lord and I pray every day and, and this, that and the other. But he said, there's just something in my life that's dead. Something's died off. And the Lord began to speak to me and he gave me this sermon right here. And it took me straight to John chapter 11. And I said, well, the Lord specifically speaks about that. In fact, when he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, Jesus specifically spoke these words. I am the resurrection and the life. God can resurrect whatever's dead in your life. And he didn't really understand that. And it made me frustrated a little bit. And I said, okay, we're going to work on it. So we sat down and reread John 11, and we I said, "Let's go out to lunch." On his lunch break, we ran over to Burger King, and one of my favorite spots. We ran over there, and we started talking about the Lord. And all of a sudden, I've got this man who is so intently listening to everything I have to say. It made me super nervous, and I was hoping that I didn't mess up. But something took place because he trusted me. And when we get when we began to talk about the resurrection. Once again, tears started falling down his face. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I've, I've, I've drank alcohol for a long time. I don't know if I can kick it. And I know the Bible talks about it. He said, I've chewed tobacco for a long time. And I don't know if I can kick it. And I know it's not right. He said, I curse. And I say bad, inappropriate things all the time. And it's become a habit for me. And I, I don't know if I can kick that. I don't know if I can fix it. Do you think the Lord can forgive me? And we started talking about forgiveness. And we walked him through the, the death, burial, resurrection situation. We started talking about that. But I want you to get the point right here here and right now. I don't care what you're going through or where you've been. I'm talking to somebody right here. Listen to me, young people. You think you've strayed so far away or you've done something so bad. You think it's so bad in your own mind that the Lord can never get you back to where you once were. You've been with your significant other. You've done something so inappropriate. You don't think God can get you back to where you need to be. But I've come tonight to tell you that he's the Resurrector. In fact, you yourself have allowed it to die off. You've buried it away in a stone cave, just like Mary and Martha did Lazarus. In fact, it's so dead, it's been stinking for a long time. Every time the enemy brings it back to your mind, it bothers you so bad, you've just got to push it further under the rug. You've got to get rid of it even faster. But I'm here tonight to tell you that the Lord is the Resurrector. I'm speaking to somebody right here and right now. You've prayed something for a long time. You've been praying the same prayer, Lord, save my kids, Lord, save my parents, Lord, touch my friend, Lord, touch my family and it seems like it hasn't happened but I'm here tonight to tell you he's tarried for your sake because if he, wouldn't have, if he would have come when you first wanted him to come if he would have showed up when the first prayer was prayed the process, the relationship with him would have been sacrificed and he understood the necessity of the issue because he has the understanding of if I come when you truly need me right now you won't truly need me tomorrow so I'm going to let it labor but if you can have the understanding that I'm not just a healer I'm the resurrector there's no time that's too late. There's no issue that's too big. There's no mountain that's too tall. There's no valley that's too low. I've come to preach to somebody here tonight. It doesn't matter where you are, how long it's been dead. The Lord is the Resurrector. I don't care how long you've been messed up. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what you've fallen out of. I don't care what you've fallen into. The Lord is the Resurrector. I've come tonight to tell somebody you've been in church for a long time. You're thinking I've spent too much time in to not anywhere. I've come to tell you the Lord is the resurrector. He's the giver of life. He has the ability to create something out of nothing. He doesn't just open the door. He can create the door. He doesn't just unlock the door, but he created the lock that's on the door. I've come to preach to somebody here tonight. Would you stand with me now? Would you just agree with me in the Holy Ghost? Would you agree with me right here? Would you put whatever the issue is in your life at the forefront of your mind and say, "God, you're the resurrector." I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm I'm not giving up on it. I don't know how you're going to get me out of it, but I know you're going to get me through it. I don't know how this is going to work out for me, but you're the Resurrector. You're the Resurrector. You're the Resurrector. You're the Resurrector. You are. You are. You are. You are. You are. Come on, put your hands together now. Would you put your hands together now? However you want to do it right here. However you want to do it right here. Would you just begin to honor the presence of the Lord that's in the house? I know this is something that is said often from a pulpit, but I please, I hope that you, you please receive it. You do not have to leave here the same way you came in. I talked about it in young adults this morning. The issue could actually be what's saving you. It's time for the Lord to change our thinking. Maybe we can stop praying, Lord, solve the issue and just say, Lord, change the way I see the issue. We talked about it in Young Adults this morning. Well, I've got school, I've got all this stuff going on, I'm so stressed out, I've got so much on my plate. I don't know how... Lord, you're going to have to figure this out. No, school's not going to go away, the testing's not going to go away, your professor's probably not going to change. But what God can do is He can change the way you perceive things. And He can change the way you carry yourself. Uh huh. And the issue can actually become what saves you. In the name of Jesus. All right, I've preached long enough. Would you just open your heart up right here? Would you begin to talk to the Lord? Jesus, I'm asking right now that the words that were spoken would be anointed. That they would not only resonate in the hearts and minds of people, but they would be something that we carry with us and that we apply to our daily life. Lord, I'm not praying for just another remedy. I'm not praying for something to just come and go, but I'm asking God that it would be something that, even though we may not be able to see it, we'll be able to apply it to our life. It's something that we work into our daily life. It's the essentials, it's the fundamentals of being a Christian, of being an apostolic Pentecostal. It is a prayer life, it is. It's our relationship with you, Lord. I know that you can take care of my situation, but if you don't do it, I pray that my relationship with you would be strengthened because I know that without you, nothing is possible. I pray for my situation, Lord, and I pray for my family, but even if you don't do it the way I think you should do it, I pray that you would help my unbelief. You're going to change the way I perceive things. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, would you find somebody close to you right here? Would you find somebody close to you if it's appropriate? Would you grab them? And we're going to pray that prayer in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, in this moment, I ask, oh God, yes, thank you. That you would open up our mind and our heart. That you would open up everything, God, that we have held captive from you. Lord, right now in this moment, we are not going to show you our merits. But we've come before you, God, and we're going to show you the true issue. You know the true issue. You know what what the issues are in our life, God. But we're going to humble ourselves. You're going to give us boldness right now in the name of Jesus. And we are going to show the issue, God. We're we're holding it out, Lord, before everybody. Saying, I know it may not look the greatest, but I'm believing that God can do the impossible. It's been dead. I'm not going to go through life with a limp wrist ministry. I'm not going to go through anymore with a limp wrist. But I'm stretching forth my bad hand. I'm stretching forth the issue. And you're going to do something that only you can do. And you're going to change the way I think. And you're going to change the way I perceive. And you're going to change the way I act around people. And how I speak to people in situations and circumstances.